Yo creo que es como el feeling of the smuggling. Again, it's nothing but it looks like, yeah, it brings you to, to some other times, no? And the ways of doing things. Yeah. You probably saw my story about like uh, this um, tea shop I would love to restore. You want, yeah. You see this one? So it's, it was one of the, my thinking was, it would be so great to bring these teas to Hong Kong. Because Hong Kong itself is this combination of very different people, different things, mm -hmm. bring things together. And I guess your, your project would be the perfect example of that, right? You, you, one thing which stood out to me when, when you recently shared with me is that even Hong Kongers don't realize how many different cultures played role in building Hong Kong, in building institutions, in building, in building different aspects of the culture, in bringing technology, ideas, energy to Hong Kong to become what Hong Kong it is today. The typical story of like someone looking from outside on Hong Kong will say, oh, it's because Hong Kong is situated near China and China economy was growing. That's the only reason why Hong Kong is so um, developed. I, I never believed this because it's, 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 if you see something so, so grand and beautiful, it means someone worked really, really hard to make it this way. Things doesn't really appear just because there's flow of money, you know. There's a huge flow of money in many other places mm -hmm. and quite often the flow of money actually devastating the place because there's so many sharks who want to take money and don't want to invest them in the, in the territory and they're fighting between each other like I'm from Russia, I know exactly how <laughs> when you have a lot of money and oil, what happens with your country. It doesn't really develop because you don't need to develop it. You have all the money by just extracting oil and selling it. So basically people fighting for this money, they don't need to invest, they don't need to build. Hong Kong is very different. Hong Kong is not, you know, this place when people just hooked to other source of money like China. It's not. Hong Kong is, is built. And can you tell me a bit more about your project, what you learned from that, doing it? Well, I think that was one of the things that we learned. Like this, uh, I think there was a couple of uh, the people that we interviewed were saying in similar words, like uh, Hong Kong is uh, built on the foundations of diversity, and that is a that is a fact, right? So we can see everywhere these uh, little touches of uh, different cultures in different ways, like uh, you know the presence of uh, Indian. Sikhs or, or Nepalese defending the, the place or, or the colonialism by the British or, <clears throat> or the Pakistanis or the Filipinos. The, I mean, so many different, uh, different cultures mm. that, uh, that came here and uh, made Hong Kong what it is. <clears throat> so that was the idea. Like, uh, there's a little bit... Uh, I mean, there's this message of uh, Hong Kong is Asia's world city, and and maybe that slogan is a little bit uh, hollow. It's like, okay, tell me more, because it's mainly based on, on you know like the economic uh, migrants uh, for the past few years. Uh, but it's not like that. It's like, uh, and we wanted to explore a little bit more, yeah. the, not only like uh, starting from what happened in the in the past to basically what is happening uh, at the moment. So, and, and that was the crazy idea of how many nationalities are represented in Hong Kong. We are diverse, yes, but tell me more. 
Well, in the census, you get the information about uh, Caucasians. Uh, if you try to go, to go deeper, maybe you get some, but you never get uh, into every one of the cultures. There's nobody else has done something like this of exploring every single culture. And the most important thing, what is the contribution from these uh, cultures to Hong Kong? Yeah. So through this uh, more than one year, we have uh, got an insight on what is actually this contribution. What is the mm -hmm. contribution from the different places? And, and it's amazing. Like uh, it's, uh, I mean, so many like social enterprises started by people that were not from here, and and they they made an impact in the society. But also like little contributions from every every culture. Uh, so I think the conclusion from our project is that uh, yes, I mean, very deep in the soul of uh, this city is this uh, this diversity. That's the that's what makes the magic mm. of Hong Kong rather than anything else. So that combination of different influences uh, of uh, people, the, the creativity, the energy. You were mentioning about the energy. That energy is, I think, is a, is a compound of the the different influences that the, oh. and the creativity to do things. That that you know this can-do attitude that the people in uh, in Hong Kong have is uh, I mean, it's probably tied in into the Chinese traditional way of okay work and the, but I think it's also related to to this influence of other. Yeah. Of other cultures. The, the way I, I, I'm learning, right? I don't know. I, I don't know Hong Kong culture uh, to extend I should. But one of the things I, I notice in about um, local uh, Hong Kong culture is that it's a lot about perseverance, right? It's a lot about if you start something, doing something, keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it, focus. Don't do something small but do it well. And do it very very consistently, mm -hmm. right? One one of the things I really enjoy in Hong Kong is how consistent uh, local uh, restaurants. Right? They, they 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 will be doing the same quality, high quality every day for years and years and years and years. And this reliability, like you trust Hong Kong uh, places to go there and get and get your food, and it's unusual for this food to be kind of different or. or or some, some like there's some some seasonality to it for sure, but by and large you kind of you know like this is the same family doing this for for years, and uh, the price would be low and the quality would be high, and uh, if you if you go there often they they will recognize you right this is this amazing mm -hmm. feeling, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I was thinking about this quite a bit because I, I was doing startups and trying to understand how to build a business. And one of the one of the lessons for me personally was that you you have to figure out the problem and then you have to focus and you just need to be there. You need to be present for long enough. You need to keep doing it. To build this awareness, to 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 to, to build this brand if you like, but it, it's it's more about just being present for long enough to actually accumulate knowledge, to know how this market works. To, to polish your value proposition and solution you're trying to create. And if you look back, like if I would stay with that idea I had, right? You know, when I, when I moved to Hong Kong, I built this um, app. And now when I look back, 
if I would just stay this, if I had courage and energy mm. and, 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 and wisdom to just stay with this idea, just do it, just persevere and do it and do it and do it and do it and do it, today it would be a company and it would be a good one. Mm -hmm. um, I choose to switch to something else, something else. I was concerned about money, concerned about survivability, concerned about my visa. I was jumping between things. Um, looking back, focusing on that could, could really create a ton of value. Kind of similar nowadays when I'm thinking about Posit and what I do is Posit, right? I'm really doing this for, for two and a half, three years almost. And I'm thinking, yeah, I need to focus for another three, another seven, another ten years. Ideally for the rest of my life. And if I do that, then compound value will be absolutely huge. If I manage to just stay on this and reiterate, reiterate, polish, 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 then just because of stability, I will be really facilitating community, facilitating connection, facilitating presence of other people, making them, the whole community more real through this, just being, being there, being reliable, being, being present. And I think this is, this is what I see in Hong Kong, kind of embedded foundation, right? <clears throat> I think in a society you need the, these two types of people. So the ones that are focusing on something, are persevering on it, and they're bringing it forward. And the other people that uh, they have different ideas. They are they spark uh, ideas and they, they connect people. So, because I... I consider myself that uh, because you know, like, okay, I was doing, I had my career, I, I could have, I, ha I could have the same feeling. Like I was working in IT, I could have be be become the best uh, developer. Mm -hmm. Who knows if I had to continue in that. This path. is something which surprised me in your background. I checked it out. Then, <laughs> computer science. Oh, interesting. I wanted to talk about that. Then, then I went into finance, and I could have been a maybe a very good finance manager or whatever. And then I went to cooking school, and I could have become the best chef. But then I realized at some point in time that uh, I'm just the combination of all of these things. So for me, I realized in life, like uh, I want to explore different things that I'm uh, interested about, that I resonate with, and do them to, to an extent that I'm satisfied and I'm, I'm good enough. Mm. I don't want to be like the best in every one of them. That's not my role. I realized it's not my role in life but maybe do good enough in different areas and then the magic thing is combining them yeah seeing the links between them because then you're the best at that because yeah. nobody else has explored these things like yeah. who in her in their lives have uh, done so many random things but it's it's good because then you can you can see the connections and maybe you can innovate in one of these fields uh, building onto the other things that you have uh, previously done mm. I was reading about, uh, I think it was Bourdain, this famous chef. Uh, he was saying, like, uh, there's so many things, so many transferable skills that you get when you are a chef, for example. About the yeah. discipline, commitment, uh, speed, uh, even psychology for the, for the customer and everything. So these are skills you learn, but then you can apply them into other fields that you're doing. Absolutely. So for some people, it may be saying like, "Oh, this is crazy. This is why are you jumping around into into different fields?" But I realize like, "Okay, this is myself. This is, these are the things that I'm interested in." And uh, at some point in time, like for example, with this project, I need that amount of perseverance because I cannot just do it for six months and then. So I need to finish. Yeah. So we have been working uh, on it for 
it will be a year and a half when we when we publish the book. Uh, I haven't been earning anything from it, but I have been earning a lot of things. The intangibles, the you know, the, the meetings with the with the people that we have connected and the insight from these people. So yes, we need to to get it done. But uh, who knows? Maybe next time I will do something completely different. Hmm. Uh, but I think it will be related to my core values, right? Yeah. So what uh, what what is meaningful for me? And it may not be meaningful for other people. But uh, so I realized, like, uh, as long as you're doing something that you find is meaningful at the time, then you are you'll be okay. <laughs> Cheers for that. It's resonates with me a lot. It, it, it is my journey as well. I, I, I remember I was joking maybe five, ten years ago. I was saying, hey, I'm a horrible designer. Um, I'm a bad developer. That's why I'm a product manager. <laughs> and it was how joke, but it's true that I never, I, I was nervous sometimes. That I, did, I never focused right um, enough to be a good developer. And I was like, hey, maybe I need to. And it, this was what I was doing all, through my life. I was doing, like, say, focusing on design for some times and focusing on development for some specific technology for some time, like it was web development fields and mobile development. Um, I always was diving deep enough to understand fundamentals of it, extract some knowledge and be able to come back and put together a team and do the product. And much later I realized that it's not a downside, it's upside that I'm interested enough and capable enough to understand the different areas so later on I'm at good service of a team, and my 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 interest always is about the overall outcome. Hmm. And because of this interested overall outcome, what it also did to me is that it pushed me towards okay, how we manage the team, how we and it's it's become more about agile, it's become more about diversity of the team, how you create that, how you create trust, how you organize the flow, how you reduce red tape and increase productivity, how you make working software with a small team quickly and how you make them happy doing that, right? Because in software, the product and people intertwine. Like the quality of like the feeling people have on the team, it will manifest itself in the product. I realized it very early when I was building a website that mm -hmm. company cannot lie on a website. It's impossible for them. You open a website and you can read between the lines and you know what the company is and how they're making decisions mm -hmm. and what is the structure if you like in the 90s, if you open a website and you see like CEO letter on the first page, you know exactly what type of company it is. <laughs> they just, you know, it's, it's coming true. Like later on, there was like agencies and all that. Like, you know, you look at the website and it's really sleek and really nicely done. And then you check, oh, okay, it's New York agency who done that. New York agency expressed themselves really well. And yeah. even then, if you know that this is a fact, you can still look through that as a filter and get to like, okay, what was coming from that company? <laughs> And you can, quite often you can spot like, okay, I, I know what your culture is through your website, which is kind of awesome, right? So the same with apps, the same as any other product. When we were building like app for this lighting product, for example, we, we, we put together a team and we started iterating and the product initially was very, not really great quality, but over time we started to improve, 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 improve. And uh, I think eventually this app started to communicate our 
vision for this product, right? Just by installing and, and, and touching this app, you're starting to feel what, what we think uh, the future of this might be. Mm -hmm. And when, when you have that, when you, when you have these points of almost artistic expression, right? Um, later, this, this point is they resonate with people and they're like, oh, this is something interesting you have there. The company was acquired in two years, <laughs> so mm -hmm. I guess <laughs> maybe it's, it's, it's contributed as well. And I think a lot about how, how value is created in these in, in, intersections of things, how value is um, generated because of of this sparks of, of interest something interesting mm. in there mm. Mm. Can, you, can you maybe tell me some stories from what you learned from from working on this project or on this on, on story of people well i think we, we learn in different dimensions so i think there are three dimensions we learn things in so one of them is about hong kong so after being nine years in, in hong kong mm -hmm. i think this uh, this play was very insightful on knowing more about, you know, the different uh, people in, in Hong Kong, but also about the Hong Kong soul, what, uh, what makes Hong Kong special. So that was the first learning. The second one was about the world. So you're, you're talking every day to a person from a different place and places that you never met anybody from that country. So it's like you're traveling the world, especially these uh, difficult times that we're all confined at home. And mm -hmm. So we, we were traveling. We, we were so lucky we were traveling around the world. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you thought about this aspect. So just by talking with people from all kinds of, kind of places in Hong Kong, you, you're basically learning about uh, yeah. my kids, sorry, yeah. every morning. So that was the... The, the second learning no? about the world, uh, but also it was learning about ourselves because you you were we're asking people about what is the philosophy of life because we're quite interested I mean they're intimate uh, interviews so by asking people what is their philosophy of life and and you know adding up and uh, talking to more than 100 people you get a very good insight of uh, what life is and uh, and that was another one of the magical things of this uh, project. Can you tell me any specific story, like one story which illustrates maybe each of these three learnings? Well, one of them, I talk about the the world. So we have different cases of uh, you know countries that uh, they were in a situation that uh, is it's a very difficult situation, and uh, we just see it in the news. But we're kind of uh, numb about you know we see. If, problems in the news, we see them with a, with a long distance, right? Mm. But the moment you're talking to somebody that has escaped from that country and is telling you details on how life is there, you really can feel it. You really can feel that oh, yeah. the, the struggle. And in some cases, uh, we have this guy from Eritrea, for example. So it's a dictatorship in the country. It's a, it's a very bad situation. He escaped from the, He was put in prison. He escaped from prison. He escaped from his country. Was in Hong Kong, so you can see a very uh, unfortunate uh, situation and a lot of a struggle in somebody's lives. But at the same time, you see happiness. You see uh, somebody being grateful for being alive for for, for everything that happens uh, every day. So that's. Uh, yeah. uh, I met a guy from Eritrea. I wonder if you're talking about the same guy. Did you? I did. I did met a guy in Eritrea on the street once. And he was saying he he tried to go to Japan, I think, for work, 
and they didn't allow him to come in so he was had no choice but come back and he had no money nothing so we gave him some money and we sent him to a, a shelter here in Hong Kong and okay. we lost track. I, 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 I gave him my contacts and everything um, I never heard back so I don't know what is his his life was after that but it, it was this moment of you know um, um, I remember how my life was in Russia um, but when you when you moved out and then you kind of grow up grow, grow, grow up and you your life changed over time it's hard to viscerally feel it right so when I met him and 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 he was he was he was super polite um, very grateful for for help and he also was um, he, he didn't have a shower for two or three days so he was very very concerned about his his body smell and he was he was so apologetic about that and um, and I was thinking like you have nothing to do with who you are right you're just in this situation in this environment you mm-hmm. you happen to be in this very unfortunate position right now he's actually a professor like we, we, we talked like I, I bring him to MTR and help him to 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 go to um, uh, to a church uh, we have which providing shelter and, and shower and everything uh, but he was not really knowledgeable about the city so we went together to MGR to show him how to get mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. and we were having a conversation and true conversation he's a professor of uh, history I think he was learning quite a lot and he was start telling me about the, the, the story of Eritrea what, what's going on there how he feel about it and it's definitely like resonated so much with with experience. I guess anywhere when when the the situation is really bad, when human potential is completely you know squeezed. Like mm-hmm. he had a good education, he's a good person, he have good you know outlook at the life, and he's this horrible situation um, in the middle of Hong Kong, not knowing what to do, and yeah, completely yeah. kind of detached from his family, and kind of failed to go and and start working on this um, enterprise in in Japan. It was like very low paid job, but it was a lifeline for, for him and his family, right? But you know, the difference is in Eritrea, the government chooses for you what you where you need to work. So it's not your choice. I mean, we take it for granted, like, okay, we have an education and then we choose a job. So maybe this uh, work in Japan, no matter how it was, it was his choice. Oh, yeah. So that was a, a good thing. Because it's probably the first time in his life that uh, he could actually choose. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I think, a first generation in, in, in my family uh, who lived through the Soviet Union um, who had this choice as well, right? So my my um, my parents, they didn't have this choice. They, they had to go and, and work for, I don't remember how many years, but I think five or six years first after uni, you, 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 you distributed mm-hmm. somewhere, right? And, um, yeah government decided for you what you're going to do and you don't really have a choice it's, just, it's not like private education doesn't really exist in Soviet Union right so mm-hmm. you, you you have to go through this path similarly like when I was growing up one of the one of the constant scares was that you're going to go to the, to the army because it's mandatory and it's um, if you if you fail to apply to university for higher education the next year you go to the army and this is something which is like people try to escape Police will find them, you know. Um, uh, Underlands, they will put them into into this. It's it's very bit saying, but in Russia, it's very common for soldiers to be forced mm. into into serving the country, right? 
by force, like you basically in prison. <laughs> and usually what they do is they move them somewhere very, very far away in the middle of nowhere, so you cannot escape. If you escape, you're going to starve and then condition them to, um, to serve. Yeah, sorry, Saturn. <laughs> Another one of the stories, and I think it's related to the learning from of ourselves, uh, we interview a philosophy teacher mm. from Cuba. So Cuba is another one of these places that uh, you know, if you if you have a, if you have a job, if you study something, maybe the government uh, sponsors that. But then you need to stay a number of years no, in the in the country to to work on whatever you you study. So this is a, a philosophy teacher, and his view about uh, life is uh, is really amazing. Like. Uh, is the type of interview that uh, he kept on talking and everything and I was just like learning about uh, you know like attitude to, of life and uh, it's a good perspective like somebody uh, with a very relaxed kind of life living in Penchao Island in the most capitalist uh, and consumerist uh, place in the world probably coming from a totally different uh, place uh, he's finding his happiness uh, just uh, observing and uh, reflecting upon life and what's important in life mm. and so it's the type of conversation that uh, you really realize that person holds the secret of what is what is happiness in life mm. very clear uh, message of uh, you know what's important and what is not no? so sometimes i think you need to you need to be in the opposite uh, side of uh, things from who you are to understand who you are in a way, like if you're uh, if you are striving for a simple life or something like that, uh, maybe if you are in a place where things are totally different, you can observe, you can learn from other people. I think we can learn from our opposite things that we consider is not our thing. We can learn from them. Absolutely. So, yeah. So that was another one of the of the learnings. Hmm. I think also for, because we ask this uh, question because our book is called Dear Hong Kong, comma. so it's a letter. It's a letter from different people in the world to Hong Kong. And so we ask them like, okay, if you have to write a letter to Hong Kong, what would it be in that letter? And uh, usually people, it's, it's like a letter of love, it's a letter of gratitude, uh, what Hong Kong represents for them. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's just like uh, Hong Kong gave me a space to get to know myself. So it would be as easy as that. And uh, and probably it's true and it's one of the magics of the place has. It's like nobody is uh, judging you. You can find your own your own place. You can find your own uh, way of living and uh, and you can be yourself. So that, that, that thing is another one of the magic uh, things of the, this diversity because it allows a space for everybody. Whenever it's a, a place is is so diverse, there's no need to conform to to anything. The opportunities for everybody. So if you want to live in a like Hong Kong side, Hong Kong lifestyle, whatever you want, or you want to live in Pengchao Island, or if you want to, whatever, or if you want to really immerse some of the people that they, they really force themselves to get immersed into the local culture and the, and they, they can manage because. Uh, as long as you speak a little bit of the of the language and you're open-minded, then then people are, are very hospitable and they are ready to to 
up to you and embrace your your culture. There's a an initial uh, barrier, I think, and I think it's related because of people in Hong Kong are quite shy, so they're a little bit afraid of uh, you know talking to people in English. But once you pass that, then it's like a, a lot of doors open. So whoever is afraid of uh, you know, going to the new territories and talking to people or something like that, then it's not as difficult as it uh, looks. Hmm. Yeah. So the, I think the longer you stay here, you and, and Hong Kong people are so nice. Like I realize, uh, I mean, it's a very safe place. People are open. They have a good heart. They are ready to help. Uh, so I, I found through this project a lot of uh, really good things about the about the place, which is which is very good. I mean, cause, yeah. I mean, why, why do we feel comfortable in this city? So. Because the answer is good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's not random, right? This is this is something I, I Hong Kong Hong Kong is 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 this exactly what you're saying? Hong Kong is for me personally is a special place. It's a place when I felt that I have space to myself to express myself, grow, mm-hmm. learn. That I I'm trusted to do that. That I I can I can build a company. I can I can build a business. I can I can try different things. And it's the first time I felt like that, um, growing up in Russia first, then moving to China, then moving to Hong Kong. Hong Kong was the first place that made me feel that um, there's freedom to, to, to build things and they're not going to be taken away from you or, or you're not going to be attacked from being different. That this is a place where I can be myself and I can, I can grow. And uh, I also saw incredible growth of the city, right? I, I'm here for seven years. And I'm witnessing the Hong Kong for nine years, and uh, when, when I arrived, this was very first co-working spaces just opening up, and uh, startups were very underdeveloped. And I saw this transformation of the city. And when I arrived, there was a lot less French people, and I saw this huge wave of French people migrating to Hong Kong and started life here. And, mm. and uh, um, I guess the same as Russians. Many Russians moved here as well. I didn't, I don't know the numbers, but. And I was, I was looking at all of that and I'm thinking like, wow, this, is, this, this place is, if it just continue like that, it will be this incredible, absolutely incredible hub for innovation. And uh, before I moved to Hong Kong, my dream was to move to Silicon Valley, to San Francisco. And um, in 2014, shortly after I moved to Hong Kong, I had a chance to visit and uh, go to the Googleplex. I had recommendation to go for an interview with um, Google. And after five minutes there, I realized it's not my place. I don't, I don't want to be there. Yeah. Uh, and it was this very visceral, very deep feeling of the place that it, this is not for me. This is not where I want to be. This is not the type of people I want to be with. I want to go back to Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. And it is very personal. It's very hard to unpack. Like I, I spent some time after that, like unpacking, trying to figure out why, why would I take this decision like that? Why would I? Like I literally said, no, I'm not going to even. I'm not going to apply. I'm not going to try to be here because it's not my place. It's not. Mm-hmm. And if you look at um, from the mindset of, oh, you want to be in a startup, you want to build technology, right? There's the right place for that and the wrong place for that. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like San Francisco is the right place and uh, Hong Kong is the wrong place at the time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like 2014, if you ask people where, if you want to build a startup, where you should be, they will 
and you have this choice, right? <laughs> they would not say you stay in Hong Kong. They're like, no, you're crazy to stay in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Nobody understands what you're trying to do. Investors are very, like, you know, um, very short time investments. They don't really understand uh, this idea of building technology and then trying to bring people in and, and investing in, in, in scale. It's not this mindset. It doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. They're very oriented towards like, okay, show me how you're going to make money in a few months after I invest. And um, then something else happened. Like I failed completely in Hong Kong with my startup. I, I, I was to pieces, right? I, I, I didn't manage to build it. And much later in life, I met someone from the US who told me like, you know, like the story you're telling me in the product you were building back back then, if you had this product in even in New York, not necessarily even on the West Coast, you will, you will raise money. People will invest in you, you will do that. What I realized is that if I would be there and they would invest, it would be so much worse for me, mm-hmm. for me personally. Mm-hmm. I would not grow. The, 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 the failure of my startup in Hong Kong is one of the pivotal points in my life and I started to grow a very different type of personality. When I actually like look at myself, look at what I'm doing, look at my baggage I bring. You know, I built, uh, prior to that I was building my career in Russia this very Russian aggressive approach to things, this very like me, 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 this very much kind of like less considerations for others, less listening. I was I was doing good design, but it was very skewed towards visual and technical design and a lot less towards good service and people design. And this point in 2000, I think so, when I found it was 2015, uh, this way I was, I was like, okay, I need to really step back, learn about myself, learn about people, start listening, because I just, I just miserably failed. Without this failure, I would not have this reckoning and, you know, there's something in my, my mm-hmm. head starting to like lean and say like, no, 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 this is alarm, alarm, we're not on the right path. Mm-hmm. If, and, okay, this is hypothetical, but if I will be in, in Silicon Valley, maybe I would learn this as a ways. But the thing is, if I would get this appreciation for what else I was doing, right, as people were just giving me money and say, like, yeah, go, 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 I would be in this... I have learned so much. Yeah. Exactly. I would never be balanced and never be... Yeah. And I'm still... No, I'm still learning. Like, there's, <laughs> there's nothing, like, final about that. Yeah. But I do appreciate this pushback Hong Kong gave me in terms of, like, no, nobody needs technology. No, like... Show me how you're going to improve lives of people if you can. If you cannot, be not interested. Mm-hmm. And this this was a good one. This is, was a good thing for me. Well, that's what people say, no? That there's no failure. It's only success or learning. So it's uh, um, it was one of the learnings, and it's, uh, it's ongoing. <laughs> yeah. So you told me like three 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 different areas, right? So one is about like how Hong Kong was. How Hong Kong is this diverse place and how it was built for many different, uh, very diverse stories, right? Very diverse people. Can you can you give me any specific example story of someone who, who built something in Hong Kong, something to come to your mind after all of these conversations and writing these stories? Well, we have this uh, this lady from a, a charity called Mother's Choice. I don't know if you heard about it. Mm-hmm. So they started 40-something uh, years ago uh, so they saw the need in, in Hong Kong to help uh, teenage uh, pregnant women and the children uh, to have uh, to take care of them, to give them a choice, and that's, that's 
well, that's about the name of the of the charity, and I, and that that was something that struck me really hard because it's like okay, you come from somewhere else, you see the social need, you see the need to to give love to people that are in. Where is she or he come from? The U.S. Uh -huh. Yeah, so she's the representative from the U.S. and the. And that, that was a big learning for me. Like, uh, see, her philosophy of life is like, in, in life we make a choice. We are kind to people, we're not. If we are kind to people, we're going to apply that to every single moment in our life. So if we have children, we're not going to shout at them. If we have uh, people that are in need, we're going to help them. So consistently applying whatever you have chosen. So it's, it's everybody's choice to to use kindness or, or to use other type of uh, things with the people around us. So in that in, in, in her case, I felt she was super consistent on, okay, I'm going she has a big family and she had uh, she has her grandchildren now and uh, so you could feel we have uh, met her a few times and we could feel that love throughout her family and also throughout her charity. And then we go we have been to the premises where they have uh, this little uh, children uh, with their own clothes and their own uh, things so it's uh, they, they really give love to 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 these uh, girls and these children that they they really needed and that was something that wasn't provided by the government in uh, in hong kong and uh, while we were there we saw one of the volunteers so many volunteers uh, helping there one of the volunteers she was telling us like I'm here because I, I want to give back, because I was one of them. I was adopted uh, many years ago, and uh, I really want to give back to this place, because it's where they gave me everything, they gave me the opportunity to, you know, to be with another family. And uh, for how long did you do this? For about 40 years. Wow. Yeah. So they have uh, quite big uh, operations. So they work with uh, children with special needs. They work with adoption. They work with, uh, you know, with uh, with uh, girls that uh, whenever they they have the pressure, no, from family or, or they don't really know. They don't really know what is the decision. Yeah. Should I have the baby? Should I not? Yeah. And they believe like we give you a choice. We we tell you uh, what's there for you, and then we we come with you. And uh, we facilitate it with love. That's the that's the important thing, and that's what they give. Also, our representative from Canada is from Impact Hong Kong, Jeff Rodmeyer. I think you. Yeah, I, think. I know him. So it's a similar example in giving kindness to uh, homeless people in Hong Kong, and it's a. Uh, so there was not enough coverage for for this collective in uh, in Hong Kong. And he comes from somewhere else, and then he is giving kindness to to homeless people. So we're collecting these uh, stories, uh, and actually we have like a matrix of every single social issue, uh, or, or every single community that uh, would uh, promote the concept of inclusion, mm. and then we choose somebody from from all of these areas. So our project, in a way, also is a, is a collection of uh, these contributions to the social tissue of uh, Hong Kong done by foreigners and in some cases not even foreigners because uh, you know we have uh, the, the, the lady running a, 
Subin Foundation. Mm. She was born in Hong Kong. She has a, is four generations Indian, but she was born in Hong Kong. So yeah. how can we say she's a foreigner? She's been here all her life, and that's, yeah. this is her place. And we have we have found uh, quite a lot of people that uh, they, they were born here, but for some reason they were considered as not uh, fully locals. And that's a, that's an interesting story. Like, what does it make somebody? local which are the the ingredients to to define like oh you're a local and you're not that's quite interesting because like i think it was like 60 percent of people in in hong kong they, they have migrant background yeah or even more so if we are most of us are migrants then how can we say you're a local you're a foreigner and then we don't talk to each other so our project is about this uh, conversation and probably the thought that we're all migrants actually helps because we are all the same. Absolutely. There's definitely there's definitely this um, cultural mix in sixties and seventies, right? Line line rock spirit and this mix of descents from uh, mostly from China mixing together, but they, they they come from all kind of backgrounds in China, and they mm. they they also many of them were fleeing China, right? So. This unity of them working together, I think this one, one great example of inclusion. But it's inclusion still in some boundaries. We, we, they, 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 at the time probably would say I'm Chinese, right? And there's something which changed recently in Hong Kong. People start start saying I'm Hong Konger, right? And and it's culturally very interesting for me when I saw this. Um, you know, there was one of the graffiti during the protests when it was saying Hong Kong, Hong Kong is not defined by, by race. Uh, for me, it was very important to see that, that there's someone who believed that in Hong Kong, in this young Hong Kongers, because for me, it was, it's given me a chance to be a Hong Konger, mm. being recognized by um, Hong Kongers as Hong Konger, right? And uh, for me, the way I see that, it's a, it's a magical transformation which was a very long time in cooking, right? But it's potential for this Hong Kong, even even more inclusive Hong Kong, which is not just, you know, inclusive, um, kind of behind the scene, but Hong Kong who is who, which is which is recognizing that and saying like, hey, actually, this is our identity. Mm-hmm. We are Hong Kongers, and we we embrace that, right? I think this Hong Kong had or maybe still have this chance to 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 rise in this identity and kind of reiterate on that. Sixties and seventies it was about Chinese coming here from all kinds of backgrounds and melting together and creating this melting pot and and there was huge separation, like another layer is British, another like colonial background. And then what was happening for me in my mind, and I may be completely wrong about that because it's my, I want it to be this way, right? Over, over the last maybe 20 years, is that this opportunity of mixing it further, when what I saw a lot of, a lot, a lot of um, um, American-born Chinese come back to Hong Kong saying like, hey, maybe this place would be better for me because I, f- I don't feel at home in the US, right? Mm-hmm. There was a lot of people who who from different cultures, like as I mentioned with the French, Russians, came to Hong Kong for this promise of of having a better place to live, better place to to work, opportunities. And starting to melt in when they like 
there's a very different mindset I see this. One is this expat, and the expat mindset is that I will take the best from this place, right? And then I will go back to my home country for my pension. Mm. It's one story, like it's very transitional, temporary. But even people with this mindset initially quite often starting to realize, hey, this is community, I'm part of it, I contributed, I get so much back. And uh, I think Hong Kong have tendency to to give people this feeling that, hey, I want to be part of that. I want to be this part of this international kind of crack in the world when everything falls in this crack and it's not there and not here. It's in between, it's this weird territory. For me, this was this beauty of Hong Kong, this this idea of a place in between, the wrong place. There's so many people come together and what unites them is more about human than you know your nationality or your yeah because i think in the world we we spend so much energy on uh, trying to defend our identity as if it's something very solid which is not which i don't believe it is it's, it's something and i think hong kong is a proof of that that is something dynamic i mean it's ever-changing so it, this uh, concept of purity of uh, of identity i mean we, we see now in the world i mean the world is uh, is more globalized and uh, we are not pure and that's a and that's a good thing so yeah. i think that the, the moment we we change uh, people's conception about this uh, purity and, and the moment they see somebody else different as an opportunity to learn and to to grow then i think that w- the place will be way better so people will see each other in a totally different way so i think it helps to 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 think in the terms of uh, what is the identity, what is the... So it's, a, it's a collection of many, many things. And it's a, it's a good thing. It's a strength of Hong Kong that, uh, that is changing so much. And it's people coming in in different, uh, as you say, different layers, different uh, waves of, uh, of people from different cultures. So the, I think we should uh, forget about this concept of us and them, which is a very human thing, right? This is me, and this is you, and we are different. Mm. Try to abolish that and say, like, okay, we are all human. Uh, we have uh, our differences, but uh, we have a lot of commonalities as well, and we can learn from each other. And, and it's for everybody's, uh, it's everybody's objective to to just live in peace and and, and happy. So why why are we uh, all the time trying to separate? And, oh, I don't like you because you're different. That doesn't, that doesn't make sense, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe a long time ago, when we were in the savannah or something, like uh, hunting animals or something like that, uh, then we needed a tribe to, to be able to, you know, get the more animals and survive. Now we can survive. So being together, we can survive nowadays. We have enough resources. We have evolved so much that, uh, I mean, for humans, I think it, it will work better if we kind of collaborate more rather than separating ourselves behind flags or countries or religions or, or whatever. Yeah. And, and we know that from, again, I'm coming to this conversation from my background of building innovative products and technology. And we know that, that in technology, we're trying to build this agile, interdisciplinary teams and we, we seek in diversity 
in terms of backgrounds. We need, we need like, if you want to build a good digital product, you need someone who understands the domain space, right? If you work in healthcare, there needs to be someone from healthcare who working on your team, mm -hmm. right? You want someone with good design. You want someone with engineering. It's very different. It's a very different mindset. It's almost like you know, uh, to simplify, it's like left and right brain, right? Mm -hmm. So it's very different people, and you need them to 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 trust each other. You need to create environment. If you want innovation, you want embrace diversity. It's almost like innovation comes from diversity and there's another aspect of that for me that it's your capacity to to face complexity because diversity is complex like you not like me you speak a bit differently you have different manners and all of that this is complexity mm -hmm. what we learn in technology also is that if you want to build a good design a good app you you have to have this fundamental capacity to face complexity long enough Mm -hmm. to figure out a solution. If you if you shy away from complexity, say, oh, it's too complex, mm -hmm. and you, you're doing something like, oh, let's put together something like a super surface level solution and let's pretend this complexity doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. It's not really working, right? So I found this interesting similarities in the mindset. Your capacity to face complexity of the world, world right? leads to you being able to, to, to create better solutions. But also, your cap capacity to, to, to face complexity also allowing you to include a lot more people in these conversations and yes, mm. to make many more things. Mm. You know, this, this fundamentally in design, you can find two concepts. One is less is more, and this idea of reduction, simplification, focusing on, the, focusing on why this exists. But it also could be that this reduction simplification, if you done it too early and you say like, hey, we're going to design only for, for cis white folks, <laughs> mm -hmm. it, it may simplify your, and solution could be beautiful, but it will also exclude in a ton of the world, of complexity of the world, right? Mm -hmm. And there's another approach which is called yes is more. And yes is more is a relatively new thing and this was architect in uh, Danish architect. Um, he built this agency big, and uh, he he said like no 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 less is more is is horrible idea actually yes is more and what he mean by that is that first you have to include the whole mm -hmm. world like the way he designed buildings mm -hmm. he 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 going into community and he studying community and he trying to hear all the voices from the community and then he built a space for them and he built it a lot more sustainably because of that he built it in a way that facilitate community interactions and reinforce community and his spaces, the places he creates, they have tendency to create even stronger communities to kind of like build on that. Like he, he listened from community, bring it together, and then what he built helped them to kind of level up. Um, this mm. idea of yes is more, it's not really a contradiction with less is more. Mm. It's still like you need to take all of these inputs, you need to face all this complexity, and you still need to create solid, simple, you know, he's using very simple materials. He's he using very, like, you know, um, very unique kind of, like, modular approach. So he's still doing this design process of making less mm -hmm. from, from mm -hmm. complexity. You still need this simplification. But the, the question is how much you took in before you start simplifying. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, this, 
diverge and converge, and the, the, your capacity to withstand complexity, different people, stay with them, keep talking with them. So for me, Hong Kong is this incredible place, which is the funnel for diversity is very open, right? Mm -hmm. Hong Kong is attracting and accepting. It could do even more, in, in my personal opinion, right? There's, this, this could be a lot more we could do for refugees, for all kind of people, if we value that as a city. We actually don't. Like, mm -hmm. it happened to be this way, but uh, official structure, how it's structured, mm -hmm. not necessary. It, 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 was, it was focusing on, on liberty, and liberty created acceptance to some extent. But Hong Kong, unfortunately, never institutionalized acceptance, right? Mm -hmm. It was just so commerce driven then. <laughs> That's very right. I mean, that is, I think, the, the homework that the government has to do to institutionalize that. Because it's an opportunity. You know, like potentially it's, we're already it's so accepting beautiful. so many people yeah. and they're here for a few years and then they leave and then we don't even take advantage of their magic because we don't even let them work or study or do anything. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's very right. But, I mean, coming back to your, your point, I think you're totally right on, on this balance of uh, complexity and the simplicity. But I think it's like our brain that wants to simplify the world. So we don't spend so much energy on, you know, the big plethora of uh, possibilities out there. But, uh, but I think it's worth it. The moment you're open up to, to different different options, then you, you can you can do something more more creative because otherwise if you're uh, in a in a bubble there with uh, like saying no to everything else that is too complex outside, then you don't create you don't grow you don't you don't live life in a way properly. I think. Yeah. Okay, we're going to try white tea now. Mm -hmm. That sound must be as well. The sound of the tea in between. Should be. Should be, yeah. I agree with you. Um, maybe this is how I'm going to do my interviews. Maybe interviews will be a bit different from our usual episodes. Maybe there will be the sound of tea. This is something I do my whole, not whole life, but last 10 years. I do mm -hmm. tea table. I, I travel with tea table. I make tea for people. And I have the best conversations over tea. So yeah, yeah. maybe it's time for me to start recording. Yeah, you have to include it. Absolutely. Hmm. Mm. Like this now. And this is back to this conversation about diversity on one hand and perseverance and continuity on the other hand. There's another aspect, in, again, in technology. One of the things I learned is that if you started something and the problem still exists, why problem still exists, you still need to iterate on solution. So you have this continuity, like you started some idea, maybe when, in my case, like I started some ideas back in Russia, right, when, when I was working on some project, trying to solve some problems, like how you make people in your office um, come together and feel more like a community. So I had this idea how to do that. I did it, then I did it again, then I did it again. <laughs> um, and it's still not solved mm -hmm. for me, right? So. I know that inevitably, eventually, I will have another iteration. Maybe I will help consult someone to how to do that. And continuation of this work, it's have, it have to it have to continue. Like this is very. For me, it's it's this idea of growth, of life. You, 
you you have the seed, some understanding, and you start growing and you're growing and you're growing and you're growing. And this is what life wants. If you can put it this way. For me, like this, this goes very deep into the nature of life. We we want to grow. We want to we want to iterate. We want to to incorporate and grow. Like a tree will be sucking in, you know, a different type of water, growing this network of of, of taking taking minerals from the it will be also taking energy from the sun and it will create an ecosystem it will be birds and insects and there's going to be a ton of life going on around that and it will grow and grow and grow and it will want to grow it won't and then tree will be part of the forest and all that hmm. similar with any any technological product when when they built the first operation system in the 70s for ibm one of the realization of the guy who worked in that brooks he wrote some notes and then he released these notes as a book. And one of the key ideas he had in this book is that as long as we treat software projects as assembly or building projects, we're going to struggle. We need to treat them more like a living organism which we try to grow. Mm-hmm. If we go this way, we have a chance to, to build a lot more efficient systems and way of delivering the systems could be a lot more efficient. And this, for me, this is, it's, it's 1975, when he read that, for me, this is foundation of the whole idea of Agile. Mm-hmm. Agile came a lot later, 2001, was created at Agile Manifesto. What, what it, for me, what it's talking about is that you need to be more like life when you, when you, when you do anything, basically. Mm-hmm. If, if, you, if you could replicate this natural process of growth, incorporation, iteration but is it also interesting like if you look at the growing thing the growing thing is alive at any point right and this kind of goes back to this idea of maybe you heard mvp minimal viable product Mm -hmm. idea Mm -hmm. is that your sapling need to be alive it's maybe need a lot of care Mm -hmm. nobody need to like you don't don't, you, you need to take care to allow to not allow people to to you know to to crush it because it's very gentle but show me that you can create mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Your project, whatever you do, have to have have to have people interested in it. Have to have to have this root system. Show me like small but root system. Show me small but the leaf. Mm. Yeah, it's, it doesn't need to to bear fruit yet, but it have to have this promise of mm-hmm. growing into mm-hmm. tree which will bear fruits. Mm. And then, as if I'm a, if a smart investor, if I see something growing like that, and I see oh, it's growing, it's growing, it's growing. oh. <laughs> It will have fruits. I want to invest in this. <laughs> no, I totally agree. And maybe that was the, the approach that when I was building this project, I, I took. This, this idea grew like five years ago. Mm. Uh, at the time I was working for a corporate, uh, I didn't have much time to, to water the seed that just uh, grew. And I, I was kind of improvising. Like I, I talked to a couple of friends, okay, let's do some interviews. So I, I still have like a mock-up of uh, like five years ago of the Dear Hong Kong project. It already had a name. I just talked to some friends and we did some, we had a big camera, we did the interviews, uh, we talked to them and uh, and I did like a small mock-up uh, with my own poor design skills. And uh, But that, that, was, uh, that was good enough for me to see, okay, this is, uh, this is something that could be. So whenever I, I can invest the time, then I I will I will make it grow more. 
So it was, and it's the type of idea that is always there. It's not uh, some. I mean, I can have a lot of ideas, and maybe I'm so excited at the beginning, but then time puts the thing on their place, and then it's like, I'm not gonna follow this because. But this one was kind of staying there. It was like, okay, uh, feed me. <laughs> I'm here and I'm meaningful. So, so I agree with this thought uh, that you had about uh, you know having living organisms that uh, you have to you know make them uh, make them grow but i think in a way and coming back to your perseverance uh, thought mm. like uh, for as long as you are in the direction of something that is meaningful for you maybe you're not going to persevere on on particular projects but you're going to persevere in that direction yeah so the perseverance is there so you will do things that are aligned to to something in particular. And probably that something in particular is your gift, is the reason why you're here in this world, or mm. some of the reasons that you're here in this world. I think it's interesting because you, 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 you might kind of, in my case, for example, I, I was working for this corporation for a, year, for a year, right? I completely switched gears. I, I, I went in, I worked for this corporation, and you can see it as a waste of time. But for me, it was so much fun and so much learning. And it's reinforced my my uh, my resolve to do this positive thing mm-hmm. because I worked for this corporation mm-hmm. because yeah. of this yeah. experience. So sometimes life puts you in different situations, right? And and you go through that. And for people who maybe worked with me like two years ago on posit, and I was saying like, hey, it's my last job. I really want posit to succeed. For them, it was like, oh, you failed. You you went to startup, and then you went to this corporation. You didn't continue it the way we thought you might. We continue that. And it's half truth, but another part of truth is that I never gave up on mm. building this positive. Exactly, right? It's yeah. always grew inside me, but it's actually it's actually very meaningful for me now to say like, hey, I did work at corporation. Like before that, I, I didn't have this experience. I didn't work at at unicorn size startup. I didn't work in a corporation before. So my my perspective was somewhat limited. I was like, I think this is how it is, but I didn't have my first hand experience. The whole idea of posit is to bring together people who do have first-hand experience and share their experience. Mm-hmm. I, I do not believe in teachers who, like, you know, only teachers, right? I, I, I respect professional teachers, nothing wrong with that. But what I'm saying is that to be a teacher, you have to have life experiences, hands-on life experiences. Mm-hmm. I, I don't accept the idea of a teacher who who kind of walk his way in his mind to this point when he wants to teach you. <laughs> no, you need to walk through life to be able to, to teach anybody anything. Otherwise, you don't really have this empathy for people, right? Mm-hmm. If you sit in this, you know, tower on the top and you meditate it about, this is great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's it's your journey and it's it's meaningful. But it's have, but I don't have trust in you to you know, yeah. you have to walk through life to come to me and yeah. uh, for me to be able to listen what you what you're saying as a, as a wisdom. Right? You know, I had a teacher in my MBA. He was teaching us innovation. He was in academia for the past forty years. He never left university. How can you teach about innovation if you haven't really been hands on? Yeah, I, I really it was all theoretical. It was good, but it, there was something missing. You need to to be there. You need to feel it. Yeah, in order passion, to, to right? teach like people, connection, right? passion, human. Yeah. Like, unfortunately, it's so easy to build castles in your brain, right? 
this is the same. Like we we really good at abstract thinking with our brains. Like this is magic of our brains. And uh, very very often I, I saw it in practice when someone comes with and said, hey, I had this brilliant idea. And you look at this idea and say, like, yeah, it's brilliant because it's in your head. That's, mm -hmm. that's, that's the only thing which is brilliant about it. Mm -hmm. You never mm -hmm. really tested mm -hmm. any aspect of that. Yeah. And you're going to be disappointed. So let's, let's, let's maybe try it small for you to learn from re reality. Mm -hmm. I think one of, the, one of the fundamental problems we have is that as human beings, is that we, we trick by our brains to believe that our models, our view of reality is real and it's never is. It never is, yeah. And when we I was talking with someone, Alexis, and she was she she's Alexandra Method practitioner for many, many years. And she summarized Alexandra Method for me and she was saying, because of how our brain is structured, we humans sometimes do mistake. When we want something, we go for it directly. And when we go for it directly, pretty much always we, we break something in the process, mm. including ourselves. Because mm. reality is a lot more interesting and complex. So when someone is overthinking, the movement could be like this, like, like mechanical movement. Mechanical movement is not natural for the hand and for the body. But if we, if we overthink, if we in our brain trying to control everything, yeah, we will start doing robotic. unhealthy <laughs> movement. And Alexander Method is studied from the body and all of that. But it's actually, it translates into life and it translates into this idea. For example, you want to be a good professional. What our society um, seems to be doing is saying, oh, you need to go and learn stuff for six years without doing anything. Hmm. And this is, this is not how it works. But this is how a brain reflecting on reality might build a model. Oh, to be able to do this stuff, now I need to know all of that stuff, right? Oh, okay, I know, I have a solution. Let's put someone in the institution for six years and let this person learn everything first and then do everything after that. And what happens is that person who learned everything come to a real place of work and suddenly realize all of this idea, half he forgot already and another half not really directly applicable whatsoever. Like his castle he, he or she built in the brain doesn't apply to reality. Mm -hmm. And then like, wow, I hired maybe 200 people in my career, right? Pretty much everyone I hired with a good academic background had a huge problem bouncing against the team and reality and had like personal struggle going into that. So when I was hiring people, I quite often was skewed toward people who had at least some work experience, maybe change fields already. Maybe, because these people usually are a lot more adjusted for work mm. The education system, traditional education system, creates people who live in their brains. They don't really live in reality. Mm. And it's a huge problem when they're trying to solve real world problems. Mm. It's even worse when, when they meet uh, um, similar to them and they bond together and they work in some abstract field like finance. Then <laughs> <laughs> it's just disaster That's because these people who never touch anything real. They mm. went from one abstract thinking field to another one and they don't have any empathy to know, know what's reality yeah, whatsoever. Yeah. They just live in their heads. And this, yeah. is, this is the most impressive human capability. But I think it comes back to education, like how, how do we learn? Like these six years, you have been learning with a method that it was not 
It was probably not your way of learning. It was somebody else's way of learning. And it's all theory. It has been implanted in your brain, but it's not really... You haven't been able to... You, you didn't have to uh, make an effort to adapt it to the way your brain works. So, yeah, I think that's the problem with the with education, that we cannot be ourselves while we're learning. We just say, uh, okay, this is some uh, theoretical stuff that is coming to us. Probably... Uh, you read on the books or something, but it's not. You're not taught to do teamwork, for example, many of the times, and yeah. that's super important for the workplace or, or to accept this diversity of people around you, because if you're living in your brain, it's one reality only, and uh, you're not going to be able to apply that. So maybe these six years are okay, but maybe redefining how we learn, how we learn things, and back to your point, like. Uh, people teaching us should be somebody that is uh, already is teaching us how to work, how to how to collaborate, how to exchange ideas, how to be open to to other people. This is the same. Like you, you like you have to be able to confront complexity. To be able to confront complexity, you have to have experience of of doing this. Like maybe smaller first, right? You need to you need to go through this process of learning how to face the world, right? And why we don't we don't like to stand complexity because we want to have a model we want to have clarity in our mind like mm. you need you need to train yourself to witness things you don't understand mm. to to be mm. comfortable not knowing to be comfortable um, not having an answer schools quite often teach people that you have to have an answer mm. <laughs> which which pushing you into your brain instead of pushing you into reality mm. this is one of the fundamental issues with with, with education education as a, as a, as escape, right? Education as, education as, you know, hey, answers in the books or answers in the teacher. It's the only answer actually in reality. Like, if we would be teaching people to actually learn, we will, we will, we will push them to go and talk with other people. If you want to understand the, how any industry works, you have to have these conversations. So kids have to go, and, and sometimes good teachers do that. Sometimes teachers facilitate these conversations instead of just being like, hey, you learn everything from the book or from me. <laughs> this mm -hmm. is the only two options you have. And you're going to operate in assumptions. No, a, a, good, a, good, a good teacher will try to connect you to this, like, with the passion, with the world, and say like, hey, this, you have to wonder. You have to connect with the world. And this is surprisingly the same. People, people learn if you will try to build a startup. If you want to build a startup, the first thing you have to do is to be curious about the problem. Mm -hmm. How to do how how to do customer mm -hmm. discovery? You need to go and talk to people. So, for me, what I found and what I, I I feel for me profoundly is that innovation and education structurally exactly the same. It's not two different fields; it's the same field. Mm -hmm. And when I say that, and I start looking at the artifacts of that. The, the, the difference which we created institutions which are providing education and institutions which are trying to facilitate innovation, it's crazy, right? Teach, good teacher is an innovator. Good teacher have to be this person who is have a vision, can inspire you, and capable of learning. Himself. Like to teach someone how to learn, you need to be a learner. Practitioner, practitioner of learner yeah. of learning, and if you're a practitioner of learning, you are innovator. I had this interesting um, 
video I watched yesterday interview with a, a very traditional investor. Um, type of investor who invests in very, very secure stuff. So he invests only in companies which are owned by the funders, uh, only in companies which operate with uh, some kind of monopoly on the markets, only them can do that. Uh, whatever they produce is, is real scarcity. Mm -hmm. <coughs> and uh, they operate for a long enough time, establish this market. Um, and he managed uh, money of, of families. So it's a family kind of, uh, it's not family office because he operates money of, of, of few different families. So he's sitting in Switzerland, few, few, few families trust him, uh, most of their accumulated wealth, and he treats this not as, uh, as wealth, he treats it as savings. In his mind, he is investing in uh, saving this, right? Mm. And he was saying a few things which resonated. First thing is that it's a lot harder to, to preserve something. Like if you need to just keep money, it's a lot harder to make money. Mm. <clears throat> and another thing is I noticed about what, like as an aggregate of everything he was saying is that he's constantly learning about the world. He's one of the most curious person uh, uh, around, right? He's constantly trying to understand how the, the like, for example, one of the company he invested in is a company which is doing small plastic detail which goes in every airbag, security airbag for cars. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so it's a growing market. Uh, it's, it's a big one. It's a small, small, tiny component. There's only one company which does it. The small, tiny company knows how to do it and does it for the whole world mm -hmm. because it's, it's, it's crazy complex chemistry because you want it to be super reliable. Mm -hmm. This is the scene which is which is definitive for is it going to react or not? And it's small plastic part. Mm -hmm. And it's the only one company who does that in the whole world. For every so for him this is ideal investment. But to be able to know this is an ideal investment, you need to you need to look at very detailed understanding of the world. And then you need to do another thing instead of talking about oh what is what is the price of the on the market of this thing you need to like what is actually worth there's something he repeated multiple times so this is the hardest problem we have as human beings to understand the value of things mm. we don't know the markets we created today financial markets they have tendency to go up or down like things could be underappreciated overappreciated to crazy extent because the smartness of the market is actually not that great. Like the 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 way markets operate is a lot of feelings, a lot of emotions, and very little deep analysis. So the players like him and like Bridgewater, for example, another company which does that, they really go very very. Deep. It's a knowledge based businesses. They go very very deep in trying to understand the reality. I really admire these businesses for what they do. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, I think you, you touch on uh, two important things. Uh, one is internal, and another one is external. So, the, the curiosity, the curiosity has to be there for whatever thing you do, and I think it comes. Uh, I mean, for from teachers to to work with that uh, and spark that curiosity about the world for for students, that's very important. But also for students to understand what is there and. Let me use the word diversity, internal diversity of the things that we are really talented about or the things that we're really interested about. Mm. And that's an internal process, 
uh, instead of uh, society telling us like no no as you're a kid and you have curiosity for this thing they tell you no no you're not going to be a, a musician because uh, that doesn't make money or something like that and then that part of you it's uh, suppressed it's like no you're not going to explore that area so i think is the first process is for us to to really tap into the things that uh, we're really good at we're talented uh, about mm. no matter how diverse they are it doesn't really matter but those are there so it's a, it's a question of uh, embracing embracing that uh, the diversity but also from the external part i think is uh, is this uh, to understand this complexity in the, in the world and I think it's key to realize like there's not only one reality. We think that uh, we see one reality, there's so many. And I think that's a fundamental point in people's lives when we realize like it's not only one reality, there's so many. So if I meet somebody that uh, has a different point of view and I understand, well, as there are so many realities, this is one of them, and it's valid, as valid as mine, it's complex, yes, but uh, the moment you are in terms with that uh, complexity, then you can really work together with these uh, different views. And, I, and for me, that was a fundamental point in which, okay, uh, and it's related to the ego. So the ego is telling us, like, you have the truth. You, have, you hold the truth for whatever is in the world mm. and defend it. No, forget about the ego. I mean, there's so many realities and they're, they're equally valid. And we just have a perspective of the world from what uh, we have uh, learned in, in the world. So I think the combination of the two things are, are little keys for, you know, innovation, creativity, uh, acceptance, uh, everything else. So everything that we're talking about with those two little things can be improved uh, so much, like in a workplace, in creating a product and uh, dealing with people around. If we're clear on who we are and we are clear on the different realities that are out there, then we're going to be fine. Yeah. We're going to be respectful to others, and especially we're going to be respectful for ourselves. We're not going to be harsh on ourselves, like, oh, I didn't do this, or... No, I did my best uh, with the with the knowledge I had, and the, and that's my journey. But this allows you to grow. Like, yes, if, yeah. if, you, if, you, if, you, if you never failed, it means that you can make another jump, in a, like a mass iteration of that, you can grow. This, mm. this acceptance of yourself and others, what it's allow is to for everyone to grow mm. and this is like it's it's perfectly tied in it back to hong kong this incredible mm. place when so many people can grow mm. because of the of the overall environment of acceptance overall environment of hey we all, all from all, all over the place we're all mm. different it's all right like we, we couldn't accept that as a default right mm. instead of expecting only one type of culture mm. And uh, sure, Hong Kong, Hong Kong is not all united around that. There's some people living in Hong Kong who never left the home country. Like they, they bring the home country with them mm -hmm. and they're living in this mm -hmm. bubble and they said, oh, well, I only talk with another Americans or another Polish people or other Russians, right? This is my, my, my culture. Mm -hmm. I will bring it with me. Mm -hmm. And there's some people living in, I remember in China, especially when I lived in Guangzhou, there were so many expats who was living in constant hate like it was they, yeah. they hate the place like <laughs> they, they live there they, they even acknowledge that this is beneficial for them but they hate the local culture they hate the place like they, like there's a typical conversation in a bar like how how much i hate this place today <laughs> 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 and for us when we moved in we're like um 
we, we don't. We actually we like tea. We, we would like to learn about local culture. We like one of the one of the biggest things for me when I moved to to China first is that how much I don't fit this others who moved there as well. Like how much I I I, I felt completely out of this expat bubble. I didn't mm. want to hang out with expats and it didn't really work. Similarly, when I moved to Hong Kong, we already were like, hey, we were considering this place our possible home. So let's explore it. Let's let's be here. Let's be present. Let's try to give back. Right? With, with, with my business and my wife's business, we both see it more like a way to be part of this society than just a business, right? What she does, she, she, she makes zero money, but she promotes local artists and she make sure that art space is more connected through her work. Even professionals in the space quite often learn about others doing openings, other galleries, other places. Through my work, people find better jobs, connect, learn about these mm. experience design, and uh, hopefully product management, all of that as well. You can see through these choices as well, like we want to be part of this society. We don't we don't just want to to take something good for us and and, and and say, hey, <laughs> I hate the place, but it was nice. Bye. Mm. <clears throat> for me personally, Hong Kong was this hope to have this hub for for my life, to have this place which I can go home when I can come back, when I can feel connected. But I think, I mean, in your case, uh, my feeling is that uh, I mean, this place provides the soil for people like yourself, like uh, you're a connector, right? You like uh, to connect people, you like to... I become one. It's not in my nature, I think. I don't think so. Maybe it maybe is. It I don't is. know. Maybe it is. Yeah. I, and I was, you discovered it I was it super now. lonely and I was very... I was very introverted person for most of my life. But I mean, you, I can see that. I can see that. Thank uh, you. And it's not like you created uh, something fake. It's like it's you. So mm. it's... Uh, and maybe the... I mean, this is flourishing here because the soil of this place is, uh, is ready. Yeah, for for that to grow, and uh, and I think uh, I mean Hong Kong needs uh, people like you, no? Because it's it's like a, what uh, I mean. This is a perfect place for for connections and everything. It's it's amazing, like how you can talk to people of different kinds of everything in a small space, and uh, but we need people to facilitate that. So mm. yeah, I think that is so important to to create that and. Uh, and, and, and I think uh, whenever you, you're connecting somebody, that energy that you bring comes back to you eventually. Like uh, and, and meeting somebody opens uh, opportunities for meeting somebody else and creating different things that you never thought about. Yeah. So that's, uh, for me, it's, a, it's an investment, right? That you, you do because you want to, but then it turns out that uh, magic things happen in the end. And for us, in our experience, it's like that. Like, uh, we have been just talking to people and they have been introducing us to others and everything, and we have learned stories, and, and that opens up uh, opportunities. Like, uh, I can tell you so many stories of, uh, you know, we talk to somebody that is doing something in particular, and we end up uh, collaborating in that. So from the people that we interview, like a guy is a teacher of African drums. So we go and want to learn about African drums. Uh, another uh, person we interview is a pastor and is uh, going to prisons to talk to prisoners. Uh, we want to go there as well. I'm super curious. I want to go there. And, and there was the opportunity. Oh, some, some Spanish-speaking 
prisoners in Hong Kong that they, they need, uh, you know, support from others or something like that. If yeah. you don't mind coming with us, of course. Yes. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, and like that, so many other opportunities that open up when you when you have a conversation with somebody and uh, and you resonate with what they what's important for them. And then it's a it's a good journey, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It made your life a lot richer, isn't it? Yeah. And I'm sure for you, uh, the number of people you have uh, connected and, you know, like from a future was magical, you know, like you said, uh, it is. I mean, it is because you, you're creating something new, you're uh, making people connect in a, in a way that they usually don't. So, yeah, I mean, that's, a, that's another uh, open door for, who knows, some other magical things to happen, right? Yeah, I, I really hope so. It it was it was very personal for me to do that. It was very improbable, right? So there was so many things going wrong. It was not sustainable at all. I never made any money on that or anyone actually didn't make any money. The space itself was not making the rent even, right, for that. And uh, I, I did feel that I kind of I felt burned out after that, right? And that, that, because of that, like, I questioned my authenticity at this, right? I was like, if it's something I really want to do, if it's something I enjoy doing that much, and I feel that, why I feel also so, so, so stressed out and so burned out. And so um, I didn't felt disappointment. No, I felt like, hey, I did the best I ever done in my life. I, I, I generally felt that. But I also looking back and noticing that I was a little bit forced. I was not, I was not relaxed. Like I, I had this ups and downs during the, the event. It was a lot of like it was too much work, right? I didn't what I didn't get, I hoped it I really hoped to get that, but I didn't really get, you know, community coming together, supporting and many more people coming together and all of that. It actually was like maybe five percent of of potential of what this community could be realized itself. And because of that we didn't have enough money, resources. Nevertheless, it's okay. It did come together. It, it, it like it was interesting that it was almost at the point of complete failure, but it it wasn't. It was a success. And then, of course, like my my idea and decision at the time was that I'm going to do this every year. And I did it in January, February, March, COVID. Um, social unrest and reaction to the social unrest. And at this point, I felt burnt out after doing that, and I was like, maybe I will never, never do it again. Maybe I will never, never had an energy to do this again. I didn't have energy to 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 continue even meetups and anything. Right? My my, my plan was to to have meetup every month, to have conference every year, to to have a lot more things going on, like to build up this momentum and have a conference, and then immediately, almost immediately, start another cycle. Right? Mm. I want to. I want to see it as a continuous flow. I don't want, I don't want just to have this spike and burn out and then be dead. And I want, I want to see this flow. Like I, I want to see this conference as and, and this community and all of that as a one continuous flow, and everything helps each other. And then you have this beautiful spike, but then it does not go down completely. It's still, it's still continue. I wanted to make it sustainable. Mm. I want. This idea of sustainable innovation. This is something I want to facilitate in others. This is how I want to see this community being a sustainable, innovative place. And I guess this this is a this is this point of 
of of of of truth and 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 discovery, right? I have a vision for it, um, but it is not easy to take my voice, which I kind of found my voice, right? I found what I want to do, but it's still on the beginning of this journey. It's still just a seed, mm -hmm. and how it will grow and how it will shape, and and uh, how how strong it will become, and what what a kind of like a system it will create. Yeah. I see so many people on the same journey choosing to create personal brands, right? They, uh, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's it looks quite quite ugly. And I, I see it as an ego kind of taking over. Mm -hmm. the, the last thing I want is to focus on creating my personal brand visits. Mm -hmm. My whole idea is to bring others together, put it mm -hmm. put it together. In the same time, I cannot shut like right now. I'm, I'm keep talking. Like, because I need to express that, I need to talk about that. So I need to be present and I need to be talking, which mm -hmm. will kind of will create my personal brand because I need to be I need to be here. Like I need to be present. I need to have clear identity for people to to know, oh, this is this guy, this is this company, this is what they do. I guess this goes back to this Alexandra method, right? If you want to achieve something in life, um, the wrong thing to do is to chase that. Right? If you want money, don't go after mm -hmm. money. Mm -hmm. If you want, if you want a good education, maybe don't go to the top university. <laughs> maybe mm -hmm. the worst place for that. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you want the best wife, maybe don't chase you know the most beautiful woman you you you, you met in your yes, life because yeah. probably it's not that. <laughs> You know, one thing I realized with this project is that uh, at the beginning, you know, it was my idea. Uh, I had a vision of how it would be, but at some point I knew I had to let go of that uh, vision and make it uh, collaborative. So yeah, I you a, told me that. So that was the, the turning point that I let, I let my ego aside and said, okay, this is, a, this is not my project anymore, it's a collaborative project. So uh, I started... Uh, you know, with Eggy, we started uh, working together, accepting input from different people, the photographers, the designer herself, uh, 50 volunteers that we are already working with. And it takes time no, to transition from that uh, vision into something that is, uh, it doesn't belong to me anymore. Exactly. So I, I put the seed there and then with the with the soil of other people and the nutrients from other people, the, the, the whole thing grows. So my, my role is to, to plant the seed, but then uh, you have to to step back a little bit and then see, okay, this is a... It, it doesn't really fit to my original idea, but it is somehow there. And, and there's so many factors. It's like uh, you, you have the inputs from different people that improve, the, the product most of the times, but also is adapting to, to the times, right? Yeah. So, I mean, in your case, uh, protest, uh, the, the whole situation is not really uh, very good no? for, for something like this to grow. In our case, the same. Like, uh, we're going through difficult times, but then it's also like, okay, these are the times that we have uh, to live, and uh, we just adapt to it and uh, try to do the best, yeah. provided the, the situation. And it will be different, but it will be good, because that's uh, that's the best we can do, no? With the uh, with the resources that we have. Yeah, 
I yeah. think it's very important. It takes it. time. It takes time to to do that transition. Yeah. There's two aspects of that. So one is that it's almost like a step on any any journey, right? If you want to really plant the seed and you want to see it grow, you have to you have to to give it away completely, right? You have to make sure that it's not your idea anymore. You, you need to make it idea which is out there and belongs to others as much as it belongs to you. Yeah. This is, this which is, is the diversity concept. You infuse the diversity exactly. in your own... You, you, you plant yeah. it into the world yeah. and you say, the world yeah. is this ecosystem. Please take my seed. Please grow it with me. Please, please, please. And then another aspect of that, which I, I also like, there's something interesting about that. So you need, you need to step back. True. But you still need to be very present. Hmm. This is something like, this is something very important because there's something still in you of mm. the seed, right? It's it's kind of you who, who is the one DNA. of these roots. The DNA right? is yours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's this, this kind of like with a kid. If you try to if you try to shape this kid exactly the way you want, it will be horrible story, mm. right? Mm. For the kid and for you, it's not going to be good. You're probably going to stuffle the growth, right? But if you will completely detach yourself and say, like, hey, you know, kid, you, you, your own person, like, day one, you just grow whatever you want. No, it's not going mm. to work. Mm. A kid needs a lot of attention. You, you need to, 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 you need to safeguard this kid. You need to say, like, no, 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 like, this, this, this huge animal walking by, you know, huge animal, I, I need you to go a little bit here because mm. this is something I'm growing here, right? This could be external forces. This could, like, then there's going to be this constant conversation between you and this thing you created. There's going to be constant, hey, I'm your, I'm your funder, I'm your, mm -hmm. I'm your initiator. It doesn't mm -hmm. make you me. Now you almost like extended, you have your own personality now and you're going to grow. And then at some point when you become a teenager, you may, may revolt from me and say like, I want to be nothing like you. I want mm -hmm. to be this completely different thing, right? And if, you, if you're a good parent, hopefully you'll keep this relationship going and growing together and then this something will become um, bigger and better than you, right? My kids, both of them, are already taller than my wife and very close to be taller than me. Mm. And this is a funny process of like seeing that. And I'm sure they're going to be smarter and, and more, achieve more probably in life than I ever, <laughs> I ever dreamed to do. Mm. Uh, and this is the same I want for, for this positive, right? And I'm sure it's the same you want for this dear Hong Kong project. You wanted to outgrow you and what, what mm -hmm. possible mm -hmm. by you or, or any individual who involved in that. Mm -hmm. So this is two things. One is to plant it and let it be and let it let it go. Kind of. And another one is to yeah, but also be one of the closest participants, take mm -hmm. care of it, mm -hmm. be present, keep 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 watering it yeah. for war. Be this have this perseverance of keep doing that. Yeah. I think it's about supervision and care, not about control and exact uh, uh, planning of uh, how it's going to be. So it's an entity that is growing there, but you kind of take care of it. You you maybe put the limits on where it can grow. That's a, that's a good thing, mm -hmm. and you supervise it and you care. How many times I have the stories of founders, you know, after a year or two or three, saying like, "Hey, this I, this growing something I don't, 
I don't recognize, I don't want to be mm. part of this anymore. That's right. It's a very, very common story. And then the this, this story of, you know, usually the story of ego, when when the founder at some point said, you know what, I'm going to take control back. You all assholes, you, you did something wrong with my tree. I'm going to reshape it now. I'm going to go back and like, I need to take a company private. And then, <laughs> like all of that, right? It's a very, very common story of human beings being like super frustrated. Like I, I planted this scene, it was growing, while it was growing, everything was good. Now, now you're trying to do something like absolutely wrong. This is my, my perfect thing. Yeah. Or it happens that, uh, you know, you create something, it grows and you don't recognize the baby anymore. And then you try to create on your own something similar with your idea. And as a typical story, yeah. That thing is growing to what the market wants, yeah. and the, what the majority of people want, but you're going against it, probably driven by your ego. It's like, oh, this was my original idea, and I, I feel comfortable pursuing it. And oftentimes that doesn't work. So the... The other, uh, and sometimes it does. Like it's the same group of people. I was fascinated to learn this. It was the same group of people who created Siri, then left from Siri project, created another one from Samsung, sold it to Samsung, then left and created a third one, and it was still the same concept, the same as they were trying to plan this thing. And uh, you can see it as a as a story of ego, but it may be also the story of okay, we need to plant a lot of type of these trees and see that maybe one of them eventually will be the tree we will really like because we still believe that this this place for uh, uh, whatever they like doing this is smart uh, artificial intelligent digital assistant, right? They, they believe that it needs to be better, it needs to be more conversational, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And uh, um, yeah, this is another thing like this. I keep thinking about that. Like I participated recently in Hackathon and um, hackathons is this mini, mi miniature worlds. Like in a hackathon, you can see this dynamic. Like it's a lot of emotions always. Like it's burning people. Like this 24, 48 hours of trying to build something quickly. There's so much because there's so much going on there. Um, I enjoy participating because every time I do, it's a transformative experience for mm -hmm. me. And uh, for the very first time ever, I participated just three hours. I joined the project, I liked the idea, uh, I was exhausted, I didn't have energy to, to really like jump in and participate fully. What I decided to do instead is that I, I looked at the very beginning at the idea and I decided to put it together, this clear visual and clear description, and just let it be. And explain to the whole team, like, hey guys, I'm sorry, I'm tired, I'm, I'm going to give you my thinking, I'm going to give you an idea, and I'm going to step back. And my, 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 the vision I shared with them is that I, I don't really care if you succeed or other teams succeed. If this idea was it and express it, I build it on top of your idea. So it's not mine, it's yours anyway. Mm. And uh, another thing that would I, what I, the best scenario I see that someone else will get inspired by that and do better than we do. Because I really want to see this outcome in the world. I don't care who, who owns it. I don't care if we won or lost. And I step back, and then next day they, they were one of the winners of this, uh, this whole thing. And they can see your. It's not mine anymore. Right? So okay. I, I, I don't. Really, I don't really want to say if it's mine or not. They they, they built something. But they built up on your suggestion. Up. I did influence the the the, the way it's growth. And mm. is it manifestation of exactly what I said? No. Is it, is it, did I help them to structure their thinking? I hope so. 
Hmm. Did they, I, I propose for a specific solution, but more, more than solution, I propose vision for the problem, right? And it did resonate. We had a very good conversation, and it, it, it's even if they built something opposite, which they didn't, but I can imagine they're building something very different, right? Still, this conversation is shaped the way they think. Like, if, if I tell you something you disagree with me, right? Does it mean that I didn't influence you? I did influence yeah, you yeah, actually quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like by, by 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 saying you something which you don't like, you now understand better what you do like. Or unfortunately, this also could be that you just reacted to that and you don't want to be opposite to be playing this game, right? This could be genuine process of growth through that. Mm. It could be just uh, a mental games we play with each other. In this project, they, they end up being creating a, a tiny tiny bit of the product of what I what I, I kind of outline with them what it might be. And uh, I hope it, uh, one way or another, will find its way and grow into something. Mm. I think that also ties up with this concept of diversity, like uh, your the person you disagree with is going to teach you a lot. Yeah. So look for somebody that is different from you in the way of thinking, in their background, and whatever, because that's going to be your teacher. Yeah. So, and, and that's something that we intuitively don't do. It's like, well, I want to be with my tribe. Look for somebody super different yeah. than you. Yeah. And then you're going to grow. Will learn a lot more. Well, it will yeah. teach you things. Uh, I mean, we, with our project, also we force that. Like, uh, we may have our political views or we have preferences about a certain type of people, but we force ourselves, like, okay, we're going to choose somebody that has totally different political views than us. Yes. And we're going to choose somebody that has a totally different view of the world than us. And, uh, and you, we just put them together and, yeah. And I, I don't remember the exact quote, but it was something like, I disagree with this man so much, I need to go and talk with him and learn from him. This idea, right? Like, like, I think he's a complete asshole and doing something horrible, so I need to go to talk with him and learn from him. <laughs> What's going on here? Right? This, is, this is interesting that, of course, given that people are genuine, right? Like, given that this is coming from a place of being genuine, mm. not just like it's a waste of time and it's just, again, mental game. We're very good at that. Mm. We can mm. we can throw each other for, yeah. for, for hours and hours, especially on the internet. It's very yeah. easy, right? Yeah. Nobody cares about this conversation, or maybe one part doesn't care and another part does care, and it's very easy to play with the emotions and keep, you know, fighting and, and creating this, you know, uh, flame. It's called like a lot of mm, emotions, mm, mm. holy wars and all of that, especially on the net, it's so easy because people don't can, cannot see your face. It's easy to trick them. You mm. you can be this trickster, keep saying horrible things and they yeah. can be acting and you enjoy this yeah. reaction and you on, on, the only thing you actually care is about just sucking their attention and destroying their life because the only thing we have, the only thing we actually own in life is our attention. Mm. If I manage mm. to take your attention, I won. Kinda. Mm. Mm. I'm not sure why they, they, they want to win this way because it doesn't create anything new. It just creates, it just destroys, right? Destroys time, destroys, destroys others. But in terms of fundamentally, right, what, what would be the, 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 the highest level of dominance over others? They give me attention, I don't, I don't give them any, right? Mm. This would be, I dominate you completely. I suck in your life, mm. right? But for as long as people are being authentic, then we learn, right? Yeah. 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 When people come in from a good place and they disagree with you, this is perfect. This is so much you can learn. Mm. 
this is something I do when, when I um, when I work like in say preparation on a big project recently. Actually, project was small, but potentially big in terms of impact. One of the things I, I wrote down in the presentation, which I presented to business people inside, like we're looking for people who are hands-on using the product and, and, and complain and disagree with the way it's done the most. Like we want to have these mm. people who who engage in using it and hate it mm. or at least vocal about shortcomings of it because we learn from these people the most. There could be other people who hate it and don't do anything, right? If you're telling me that uh, I hate your product and anyway we tried it, <laughs> I'm sorry. Mm. Like, yeah. I, I, maybe even right, but is it is it going to help me right now? Probably not. <clears throat> I need to start these people who do use it and hate it and this will help me to really change the situation and hopefully when I when I when I when I turn around for them, then maybe you will come around and start using it and then you will start hating it in different ways and then we will talk. <laughs> but yeah. Hmm. I have, I think we have a problem with you. We are agreeing too much. <laughs> okay, let's go into disagreement. <laughs> let's find a topic we disagree on. <laughs> Violently. 